0: Welcome back to another episode, you guys. Oh my goodness. It's so good to be with you again. Um, it's Wednesday and I'm recording this on Wednesday and I'm literally going to post it once all of the things check out because it takes a while when it's video to download it. So it's hump day and I cannot tell you how thrilled I am because we are 16 days away from Disneyland. <laughs> the joy in my heart, the excitement I feel um, I was already excited for spring break because if you know anything about me, yes, I do enjoy the structure that school brings, but I detest the overscheduledness of it. Like in personally, I love when they're at home, when the tiny queens are just chilling, when they don't have to deal with homework. Like I love when they have time off. So I am beside myself. And it's funny because I had decided on an episode. I had recorded the episode and I was going to drop it, you know, like post on midnight of Wednesday, right? Because I feel like that's perfect, right? And uh, the more I thought about it this week, the more I was like, no, something else is on my heart to share and like talk about. But first, can we just say why is it that whenever, if you're watching on the video, you can see I'm wearing like these jeans with holes in them. They're my favorite Abercrombie ones. Also, okay, these socks are not my favorite. I'm not excited about my socks right now. I, <laughs> I, have Lennon and I can wear the same size socks now. And so between the two of us, we need to get an actual supply of socks and my Hanes socks that I wear, like my, um, taller ones that I wear over my leggings are all have holes in them. And target has been out of them since forever. So I just need to order on Amazon, but why is it whenever that was a long sock segue, but why is it whenever you wear jeans with holes that like parents need to make a joke? My dad, when he's in town, cannot help himself. And be like, every time he's like, well, I mean, do you need some cash to get some jeans? And this last weekend, Blake's dad did the same thing. (laughs) His sister had on jeans and he goes, guys, let's all take a collection for Tanya to get some jeans. And I was cackling because it is just the typical parent joke. Like we're wearing these like cool distressed jeans and like feel super trendy. And they're just out here being like, when I was a kid, it meant that you needed new pants. <laughs> and we literally pay for ones with holes in them, which my dad can't even get over to this day. But, um, I am going to have to talk about Disneyland for a bit here because you guys, how this all went down was insane. Let's just start with last Friday morning when Cindy texted me and was like, girl, Alex just brought up Disneyland. Now her and I had already been like plotting this, like planning stuff, checking stuff. I mean, I check Disney wait times for fun, like just for fun. So for funsies, we check the food. I'm like, put an order in, let's see what's on the menu at, you know, Holly Jolly or Bengal barbecue. And so her and I had been, she specifically had been very like, like smart about not mentioning it because you come back from a Disney trip. And the last thing that some people want to do is go and spend like money on another Disney trip. Right. And I'm like, no, I I would do it every weekend. Like if I lived there, it'd be a problem. And when I was in college, I had a pass and I would find any excuse to go. Like I would sit and go do my homework there for no reason. Oh, for every reason, what am I talking about? Just being there. It's, they always say they pump some type of special air into the parks or whatever. I'm like, yep, I'll smell it all up. <laughs> so she texts me. But I was like, no, Blake has work. We have trips planned this summer. Like, this is just not gonna pan out for us. So, you know, we got, Alex was on board now. So getting Alex on board was like, okay, three of the four of us want this to happen. Three of the four of us are on board with the Disney trip. Just one person. But here's the thing about Blake. He is a what you see is what you get guy. And if he says no on stuff, usually it's very hard to be like, oh come on, because he has good reasons for it. They're very logical. He's an all your ducks in a row kind of person. And I remember when we were like dating, he was like, Well, I, I'm not gonna propose till all my ducks are in a row. And I was like, We'll be dead. We'll be dead because your ducks will never be in a row because nobody ever has their ducks in a row. Your ducks are always changing. There's new ducks, there's old ducks, the ducks don't work anymore. Um, but that's just who he is, which I appreciate in so many situations, except when I want to go to Disneyland. Okay. So I tell Cindy. I'm like, you know what? We'll have Alex texting. And so we're working together. We're all group te- like texting. And I texted Alex because Cindy was like, you know what? Don't, don't like make it a big deal. Just be like side texting. Cause Alex two months ago had like randomly casually just been like, do you know hotel rates? Cause he knows I'm always checking. Like I'm, I'm always checking. And we always, we love the Hojo, the Howard Johnson. It's so good. It's right across the street from Disney. Um, and I have, um, like a discount code with them. So we get like some money off. It's like, yeah, no brainer. Um, so I text him, we go through the texting. He texts Blake and Blake is just like, yeah, no. And it was funny because Alex texts me back and he's like, oh, you know, don't, don't be disappointed. I, it's, it looks like it's a no for him. I don't know if it's like the work or the, this or the, that. And I was like, really? Like what? So I'm like, Cindy, ask Alex what he sent to Blake, like ask him what he sent to him. And she's like, okay, she sends me the fool literally sent one text message. Like, Hey, want to do this? No. Oh, okay. Sir, sir. I do not understand the word. No, no. It just means not yet. Not yet. I'm not a roadblock person. There's always a new route. There is always a way to go. There is always a like place we haven't gone to, to take that route to get to where we need to go. So this is not a no, this is just a, you need to come up with a better conversation. No, not right now. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it play out. I'm just going to let it play out. So funny enough. And here's the thing with Blake. He's a smart guy and he knows me really well. So he knew all day that I had Alex texting him and then Cindy and we were training. So that night and he was asking me about the girls, like summer, like uh, spring breaks and stuff like that. And so he's, he, that night comes over and he's like, oh, and I was like, oh yeah. Did you get that text from Alex? But no, I wasn't talking about the one from Disneyland. I was pretending to talk about a different one because we're all on a group chat together. And he was like, yeah, the Disneyland one. And I was like, oh no, what? Huh? And he's like, Amanda, for real? Really? Really? You don't think I know you're behind this? And I was like, well, come on, you know? So he was definitely not on board yet. But then Sunday morning, we wake up and Paige is in our bedroom. They're watching cartoons or something. And Paige just out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere goes, I wish we were in Disneyland and I just look at Blake and I'm like, "Ah!" and he goes, you told her, I was like, I didn't say a word you were laying here. I didn't say a word. I didn't say anything. She's not looking at my phone. I'm not looking at Disney wait times, which I do all the time, but they know how much I love Disney. They've probably heard me talking about it, but she just volunteers this. And then Alex comes to church wearing his Disney spirit Jersey. And Blake looks at me and goes, you guys are laying it on pretty thick here. And Alex goes, oh, well, you know, it was the only clean laundry I had. And so we're going back and forth. We're having a good time talking about it. And just being funny and silly and like, and I had a date night Saturday. So I like, we were out with some other friends and I was like, oh, you guys, we want to go to Disney and they like kind of helped, but then they kept talking about like other vacations and how those sounded fun. And I was like, okay, no, we're done. No, you're not helping me. So, um, and they're like really good friends of ours too. And they're like, Amanda, you would go to Disney for every vacation you had. And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. That is my white whale. One day, one day my phone is going to ring and they're going to call and I'm going to answer that call. I'm going to say my bags have been packed for the last, what, three and a half years that I've written down every day that Disney's going to call one day and we're going to Disneyland and we're going to have a collab. Since I was a child, I've been obsessed with Disney. Even when I had a small little stint in child acting and did some commercials, a couple of the auditions I had at the Disney building in downtown Burbank, there's a building in Burbank. And a couple of the times I got to go on to the Disney lot, y'all, the Disney lot, the one in Burbank. I got to go on it for auditions, like a couple of them. (gasps) When I tell you, oh my gosh, when you see the seven dwarfs holding up the building, I died biggest, biggest thrill of my life. Okay. Like Disney has been my obsession since forever. So this is no surprise to anyone around me. I live for it. They will call one day. We're just waiting. I'm just waiting. You know what? They're waiting for the perfect time. I've been ready my whole life. So we decide Sunday night, we're hanging out. We come home from hanging out with family because we always hang out Sunday nights. We do church lunch and then usually hang at someone's house, and little lb from the back goes you know sometimes i don't want to grow up it's fun being a kid which is my goal in life for my kids to like feel like they enjoy childhood um not like they want to stay in childhood forever because like then you know i want them to experience stuff but it was just this very sweet like being a kid is great and i was like oh cindy's calling And I was like, um, yeah. And I just look at Blake and Blake looks at me and I look at Blake and I'm like, come on. So he's like, all right, two days. And I was like, all right, I'll take two days. I will take two days. I'll take anything. Cause we had wanted three days, right? We wanted to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, cause I wanted to be in the park on Easter. So I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not, it's fine. Two days is great. So I call, I call Alan, Cindy and Alex is like, what two days? I'm like, you guys, you guys, you guys, it's a victory, a victory, a win's a win, a win's a win. Okay. He's got work. We need to be. So then Alex or Cindy, I'm pretty sure it was Cindy actually. Um, but we told Blake it was Alex, which he then found out, of course it was Cindy because he knows that we're absolutely full of crap, (laughs) even though Alex likes Disneyland just as much as we do. So here's the thing. So Cindy goes, Hey, what if he could get like a early, early flight and be back so early Monday morning? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's genius. We have points on Southwest, Blake travels for work. We have points on our Southwest. We could get a free flight. It would cost us absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. Sounds bougie as hell, but absolutely nothing. So then I tell Blake this Monday, I'm like, hey, so do you want to know what else I did Monday? Because I have faith. (laughs) I'm delusional is what I am. I'm delusional. I booked our hotel instead of being there till Sunday. I booked it till Monday. Because you can always cancel a hotel date. It was refundable. I could have changed it if he hadn't changed his mind. But he checked his calendar and he was like, actually, you know what? If I take the earliest flight, I can be back for a full day of work with all my meetings starting at 9 a.m. I mean, the man literally works 24-7 anyways. People are like, yeah, 9 to 5. I'm like, my husband works like 8 to 10. He's a dedicated human. Um, and he makes time for us, which is what matters. Um, and not that it's always balanced because balance is an illusion, but he absolutely makes us a priority. And that's my goal. I don't need it to look like it's it. I just want to feel like a priority and it's always been that way, which I'm grateful for. And when it doesn't feel that way, we talk about it with each other because no one's perfect. Um, and not feeling like a priority doesn't just go for work. It can feel like in everyday life when I'm busy with the kids and stuff. So, He agrees to it so we're going to disneyland for three days oh i'm so excited oh you guys my light just went out come on trying to make myself look fresh okay there we got it it's the white one though it's so harsh oh okay there we go it's like an amber amber. oh come on okay you know what it's a good thing i have natural sunlight it's just it's my other one that i just bought that i charged died okay we give up anyways so we're going to Disneyland for three days. I cannot wait. I heard there's like an Easter egg hunt and everyone's like, Amanda, that's insane to go to Disneyland on Easter. That's absolutely crazy. I'm like, but they have special desserts. I'm getting a Rice Krispie bunny butt. I'm getting a Rice Krispie bunny butt, you guys. Okay. I am. So I wanted to share something with you because Disneyland brings up so many emotions for me. Um, I talk about it nonstop and I just, I, I have to express to you, it's almost as if time stands still in the park for me. The reason that it's so special to me, and this is probably going to sound so, uh, I don't know if it's going to sound creepy or not, but I just have to express it. Um, so Adam and, Adam and my mom, um, they're cremated. So, and I know that was like a big jump, like we jumped into like death, but I want to explain something. So when my mom passed away, my mom never wanted to be in the ground. Like that was not her thing. So she wanted to be cremated, uh, which I never thought anything else of, Right. And Adam was the same way. They were such simpatico humans. Adam was my mom's miracle baby. I was her miracle baby too, but Adam and my mom just had this, um, special, special relationship. It was so beautiful. And I had one with her too. It's not like I felt left out, but Theirs was just different and unique. And so he didn't want to be cremated either because he didn't want to be in the ground either. But there's this interesting thing, and I don't know if anyone in your life or that's not our site anymore um, has been cremated. But when you're cremated, at least for me, it created as much as you would think, oh, you have them with you, right? You have the urn or whatever. It doesn't feel the same. And here's, this is going to get like, maybe just take a breath, trigger warning if death is, I, I don't know, like overly upsetting with how I'm going to explain this, but when a person passes away and they're buried, their body is in the ground in its entirety, right? And I had never thought about this till Adam and my mom passed away, but their is in the ground in its entirety, right? But when you're cremated, obviously it's ashes, And it did this weird thing in my brain where it's like, yes, it's a part of them, but it's not actually them. So I don't feel as though I have a place where I can go visit them. Whereas like my grandfather or my grandmother, I can go to their gravestone anytime I want. I can go talk to them and it feels like they're there because they're literally their body is. And I had never thought about this before. And it has such a profound feeling of loss and almost kind of like being lost out on sea in sea, like just kind of like floating in the, you know, nothingness of the water. It doesn't feel like there's anything really hard to grab onto. And for me, when I walk through, I'm not going to cry. When I walk through the gate at Disneyland and I walk under that bridge and I see main street, it's like coming home. It's like because I went there as a child with them, so we went to Carnation Cafe, and I tell Blake the same stories every time we go there, and he indulges me every time I love him for it. We'll walk past Carnation Cafe, and I'm like, "So this is where we would come every night at the end, and we would get ice cream, and da da da, da, da and here you can eat breakfast, and that, and over here this was where we had Minnie's character breakfast. Oh, and we used to do Goofy's kitchen, and blah 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 blah, and." I remember the monorail the, ca- the monorail cafe that used to exist there y'all the monorail cafe if you were a Disney OG you know about the monorail cafe and they used to have frozen coke there and I had this like amazing mug from there it was like a plastic mug which I was like oh plastic whatever I would have kept that mug till the day I died I don't know what happened it got lost in a move we moved a lot but Disneyland holds this just I feel close to them when I'm there, and I'm creating memories with my tiny humans. So it's almost as if I feel like they're there watching us. It's this really beautiful, like, front row seat to what we're doing. And going on the rides, I'm just filled with just such a completeness that I don't feel often all the time. Do you know what I mean? So going there is really special to me, and it does something for younger me, past me, different parts of me. And, you know, I've been doing IFS therapy and I paused it right now. Just, I love it, but I told my therapist just trying to make the meetings happen right now has been so difficult with the kids. Mentally, I'm in a good place. I'm gonna revisit it in the summer because I really like the therapy, but I've still been continuing the work that her and I did and listening to this amazing podcast, which I'm sure you guys are going to be like, man, to share the podcast. And I will on stories, um, that focuses on that, but it brings about this joy in a part of me that taps into something that just brings all the parts of me at different to one profound place and makes me just feel joy. I cannot say a moment, a bad memory, none. It's as if they don't exist there. So it's a really happy place for me and I absolutely morph into my best self there. I am skipping through Frontierland. I am singing down Main Street. The lines I I I mean I just I'm filled with joy. And it brought about this feeling of how sometimes so often when we're looking at things right when we look at, you know, just 6 months ago when I was really sick and it feels like that was a lifetime ago. Or I look at my little journal that I write in every day. And and here's the thing. I didn't go buy one of those goals journals. I've done that before and like wasted money. So I bought a journal at Target that was $10. People keep saying, where do you get your journal? I bought it at Target. bought it at Target and I write, I write at the, I, every Sunday night, I write out the days of the week, Sunday, Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Sunday. And then I write at the top of every page. So it's ready to go. Um, three things I'm grateful for. And then I write 10 goals I made happen. And then I write one thing I did today. And then I number it and then it's ready to go for the week. So I didn't have to buy a special journal because that's what I wanted to write. And when I was looking at all these journals, I was like, they have all these other things in them that I'm not going to utilize and I don't need and will just overwhelm me. But if I can focus on these three things, which I've done for the last three and a half years, it will make me feel better. And does that mean the last three and a half years every day for the last two and a half years I've done it? No, but For the last three and a half years, every year, I've had a journal that I've written in consistently, three gratitude, 10 goals I made happen, and one thing I did that day. And it made me think of how I was sharing in our last episode together that I had that journal when I was pregnant with London. So look at this. And I don't, here's the thing. I don't like writing in journals because that scares me. Putting your feelings down. Um, is so vulnerable to me that it's not cathartic. It's terrifying. But this, isn't this gorgeous? I bought this at um, Papyrus in the mall when I became pregnant with London. And every time I see this, I'm filled with anxiety for where I was in this journal and how I felt um, because I was pregnant with London and I was so excited, but I was so scared because Blake was working in a wood shop doing carpentry, which he was very good at. He's made me cutting boards, chessboards, um, And I was working retail, which I really enjoyed until I became pregnant and wanted to be home. I loved retail. It was a great job. I loved it. If I was a single gal or even a married gal and didn't um, want to um, stay at home, like that wasn't my passion it would definitely be something that I would do because I love the interaction with people. I know people don't love retail and the holidays and stuff, but in a, in a different, um, like era, that would, that was what I would do. Right. So I have this journal and what's so funny to me is I can literally go back to who Amanda was in this journal. And I think if she could see us now, If she could see us now and that thought, and I'm not just talking about the fact that we're going to Disneyland. We have three tiny humans. I'm not in retail. I'm home with the girls. Blake's at a job that he wanted to be at. Like I'm talking about if she could see how far we've come as a person, she wouldn't believe me because she was so scared. She was terrified. She knew things were going to happen for her because I have always as a person not believed in the word, um, like, no, like when someone's like, you're not going to get hired. I'm like, that's fine. I'll find somewhere else. Like, I don't, I, it doesn't get me down. I know I will come out. I know I will figure it out. I know I just have this in like infallible belief in myself. Even when I don't believe in myself, I know I'm not going to give up. I know I'll never give up and hold on. I'm going to open it. I wrote in the front of it, it says, um, to the love of my life. And I haven't even met you yet, but we already love you mom and dad. So let's see the first journal entry. Gosh. Okay. So I was eight weeks and five days. This is December 6th, 2012. And I said, Well, little one, we met you yesterday. We saw your precious little heads, arms, and legs and heard your heartbeat for the first time. I went to papyrus after work today and bought this journal. I made sure that whether you are a little prince or a princess, it will suit you. I wanted to write to you since this is such an exciting time for your daddy and I. We're sitting here eating Chinese food and watching TV while I jot down little things to tell you like how excited I am to meet you. I'm especially excited to watch my little belly grow and get to spend the next seven months getting to know you. Your daddy was so excited to hear your heartbeat yesterday. You should have seen him. I can already tell he's going to be very smitten with you, which he absolutely is. Him and London, I mean, he's besties with all the girls, um, but him and London, they each have such a different, unique relationship. And I said, you're going to be trouble. Your, your mom, my mom used to tell me how amazing having a little one was. And now I am so excited. Um, to do that with you, your Mamie, which is what we would have called my mom was the most amazing. And even though you won't get to meet her cause she had to go to heaven to be with the rest of his angels, um, you'll be nothing less than spoiled. She would have wanted, Oh baby, I'm recording. Can I do it later? I see the doorknob turning angel. Who is it? Is it Corey London or Paige? Who is Okay. It? I went and took care of the tiny humans. Um, <laughs> The reason that the podcast can be so difficult sometimes to like record video wise is because I can't hide in my closet. (laughs) The lighting is just no good. Actually, you know what? I might start hiding in my closet to record it, but they figured it out. So, um, we had some help from dad. We need space. Here we go. So anyways, so like I was telling you, so I wrote this journal and I said, Um, So, and here's the thing. I'm awful at journals. I'm awful at writing in them. I'm awful at consistently writing in them is what it is. So the first one I did, um, I wrote on, let's see, it was December 6th. And then I was so good. I wrote again on December 7th, right? And then I wrote on December 18th. And here's a little excerpt from that. It says, Hey, little one. Well, it's been a little bit since I wrote to you, but mommy works retail holidays. And that means little to no sleep coupled with you as my new little companion. It makes for one very tired Amanda, but guess what? It's your daddy's birthday. And I bought him a very nice pair of Hugo boss jeans. The Hugo boss store at our mall used to have the best sales and you could get their jeans for like 50 bucks, which frankly is very good for Hugo boss jeans, even $75 for Hugo boss. And I said, I got him jeans, but he would never treat himself to them. And then I went, um, on and I said, it's so crazy. Lately, I have been all about McDonald's Happy Meals, which of course some would call total junk, but the warm fries and barbecue sauce taste so delicious together. I can't resist. And my dad said, listen to your cravings. Um, and I said, this is so crazy. I was pregnant with London and I wrote this in the journal. I said, something else crazy is lately, I just cannot stand peanut butter for the life of me. Every time I think about it, it makes my stomach roll the child has a nut allergy, right? They always say it's not linked to it. It's fine, it's fine, but I'm telling you I wrote this. Anyways, so getting down to my point with writing in this journal is, and I haven't found where it is, hold on. Because, let's see, let's see. I said, that's oh, me talking about my mom. Oh. Wait, hold on. Is it my mom? Yeah. I said, here's I'm gonna read this. Oh. Okay. Ugh, I wasn't gonna read it, but I'm gonna read it. Ugh. okay. Um, because it's just like very to the point. So I wrote in the journal, I said, um, I have to say that doing this without your mom is just plain damned awful. I have to fight anger and resentment along with sadness and despair of dreams and visions of what I thought this would be like and what I would have done or said, what you would have told, told me the stories you would have shared. This is me sharing to my mom now. I long for the memories I never got to make and dream of trying to explain to the tiny human, the essence of who my mom was, because I know that she was my world. I dream of taking my little one to San Francisco to shop and calling it the city, not San Fran or the Bay. <laughs> my mom was a very big, like, it's the city. We're going to the city. And I was like, okay. Um, But I know you're looking down on me, making sure my little one is okay. Um, And I know that you would always be wanting me to pray for all the good things for her. And I was like, I love you, mom. So here's this. So this is what I'm getting to. So retail Amanda, as I like to call her was very sad about not being at home. And something that contributed that to that was the fact that everyone liked to remind me that time was passing. Oh my gosh, look at Alfalfa over here. Get it together. Um, if you don't know who Alfalfa is, um, she's a little hair on the front of my head that refuses to be left out. She's the little engine that could, But the thing with retail Amanda is more than anything, she wanted to be home. And more than anything, everybody, when they found out I had a tiny human, wanted to tell me how quickly time passed. And it made me really angry. It made me angry because I was painfully aware of how quickly time was passing. And whether or not you want to be at home or you didn't want to be at home, them constantly saying this to me was so irritating because I was like, it made me feel like I was missing everything. Because so often I feel as though in life, When you're in the middle of something and you're struggling with it, and someone wants to remind you of time, they make it feel like you're either not moving fast enough, that you're falling behind, or that you're thinking too far ahead. And the timing never seems right. So I said, now granted, here's the thing. I wrote in that journal what I just wrote about my mom on January 22nd, 2013. Did not write again in this journal till April 2nd, 2014 which technically is, uh, my mom's birthday is in April, which is also gonna be really sweet. That will be in Disney. Um, But it says, well, obviously this journal did not turn out to be a pregnancy journal since now you're eight months old. And it's been an entire year since I wrote it, a little over a year, Amanda. I said, but I was at work today. In parentheses, I write, yes, I'm still in retail. And I read an article that literally tore my heart out about fleeting, how fleeting this time is of you being little. And I want to make sure that I take good notes so I can cherish all the things since I'm not right there right now, because that gets harder to recall, which honestly, she's uh, 2014. Amanda is not wrong. It's very hard to recall. Um, and then I wrote this. I said, I had no idea I would not get to be home with you and I would have to work outside the home. I, this was going to sound probably someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, how dumb you didn't know that. Well, I, my mom was a stay at home mom. She was an incredibly smart woman. Okay. She could have done anything in the entire world. She was incredible. And she worked and stuff before she had kids, but she was so smart, but I always knew her as a stay at home mom. So to me, when I decided I wanted to be a stay at home mom, that was it. Like my parents didn't talk about, like I learned about money in high school and stuff and like different things because our family took like different journeys with financial situations throughout my entire life there were very high highs and very low lows and um i just never thought about it like in the pregnancy planning i never thought oh if i want to come home what will this look like in a one well we can't be a one income house we need a double income but this is 2014 there were no remote jobs in 2014 at the time it's not like now when it's like 2020 has happened and you can do a remote job so i i write in the journal um I want to take good notes so I can cherish all the things. I had no idea I would not get to be home with you and would have to work. But mommy and daddy are trying to build a future, but that means such a huge sacrifice, which is my time with you right now. I'm working so hard to get home with you. It literally breaks my heart. Right now, you smile so much, I would do anything to make you laugh. You make me so happy. You do not like when I go to work. She used to cry and scream. And here's the thing, we were very fortunate where that first year where I was working outside the house, we had family that was with her. And Blake could have a day off here and there and when I worked weekends, that worked out great. And I could get I could I would take my two days off usually during the week so I could be with her and then Blake would be on the weekend and it was a lot and I said, um I go to work and you cry when I leave, which makes which lets me know that you miss me. Um, and it sounds weird as sad as it is, it's comforting since I don't get as much time with you and it makes me feel like, you know, me, um, she really liked squash (laughs) forgot that. Um, it's so, I feel so much for this, who this person was, who she was. I. Feel such joy at how far we've come, but I feel sadness for how sad I was in this season. But there's something so beautiful about looking at her now and seeing her now. And it reminds me how someone once told me, they were like, you know, I was talking about just, you know, being stressed in the moment with stuff and things. And they said, you know. Imagine if when you were watching the Super Bowl, you already knew who won the game. Wouldn't it change how you cheered for the game? Like, wouldn't it change how you reacted to different plays? Like when your team was down, say your team's down by 38 points. If you knew at the end of the day that your team was going to win, that would not stop you. And it's that weird thing about time where sometimes when you're in it and you're in whatever is going on, whether that's being away from tiny people you love, whether that's feeling completely confused about college, whether that's being a high school senior, my Lanta, I remember that. I think about that and anxiety shoots through my body because there's so much pressure. And people ask a lot, if you could give it any advice to this stage or this stage or that stage or that stage, I would just, it's so hard because there's so much I want to say, right? But I think that I would just tell myself like, Amanda, you just keep working and and believing and focusing on those things. And those things will happen. You don't give up on you. And I know I talked about that last week, like yourself and you being a priority and all those things. But there's something really important to note with time. In this moment, I could not see when I would be home with her. I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't get past it because i wanted to be home so bad and i felt like such a failure but here's the funny thing when i turned the page right okay so i wrote this hold on i wrote this i can to remember the dates april 2nd 2014 and again remember amanda's not consistent with journals so then we're fast forward to october so april may june july august september october it's like six months Um, I said, well, I'm a little sad. I'm not the most consistent with this journal, but guess what? You're almost 15 months old. We had a little to get together for your birthday. It was Winnie the Pooh themed. Duh. Of course it was Winnie the Pooh themed. I love Winnie the Pooh. Um, and then I said, guess what? I'm at home full time. Now I will tell you what, when I came home full time, um, we took like a 75% pay cut. That was not an easy decision to make. It was the right decision to make for us because we were, we were okay with the sacrifices that it required, but it definitely, um, it definitely applied the pressure to make sure that we made good choices with a lot of things, whether it be grocery shopping, gas, um, the, none of the purchases that we made, no purchase during that time <laughs> we weren't shopping at all. Um, and I would remember you guys, I would go to Whole Foods um, and I would get her, <laughs> I don't know why this makes me emotional. People put so much pressure on what you do for your kids when it comes to how you feed them. And especially when they're born, my gosh, they could murder your soul with all the stuff they say you should do or not do. And I remember that I really, I was making her baby food. Okay, when I was working retail, I was working 50 hours a week. I was coming home and I was staying up till like 1 a.m. steaming and blending homemade baby food. Um, was it cheaper? I don't actually know, to be honest with you. I don't remember. Probably on some level, but it was very difficult and exhausting. And it was taking so much time. And I was just exhausted. But every week I would go, and there's this brand, it has like the Sesame Street little people on it. I can't think of the name of it right now. And I would go and I would buy her these little cereal bars that she loved. And I felt so cool. I'm crying for that, Amanda. I'm crying for that, Amanda, because I went to Whole Foods today and I picked up a bunch of things um, fruit-wise and snack-wise that they have there that we really like. And I don't shop at Whole Foods, like for all our groceries, just a couple things. But thinking of this, Amanda, and when she would walk in Whole Foods and just buy cereal bars. It makes me really proud of her. And it makes me really sad that she felt that pressure. And here's the thing. People put pressure on stuff that really doesn't matter. But when you're in that moment, when you're writing in that journal, and when you're doing those things, it can make you feel like less than, now. Do I regret the cereal bars? No, I love that I bought them for her. Um, what was so funny is my, my other two, Cory and Paige never even liked those cereal bars. <laughs> They're like really expensive, small overpriced nutrient bars. Okay. You guys like get real, but I really felt like, and especially with my first baby, I really felt like I was doing something for her because what I felt in that moment was that i was like lacking as a parent that i was lacking as a person and that this this would make me better this purchase of cereal bars right and we look at time and we look at the choices that we make in time and it's funny how you can emotionally be tied to purchases in the sense that if something for me I couldn't be with her or I was home with her, but I didn't feel like I was giving her everything that she quote unquote needed or people said she needed. And so I was this one thing. It was my equalizer. It was the checkbox in my brain that could say, Oh yeah, but look, you're doing this Amanda. It's okay. It's okay. All right. You're fine. And the thing with time is something that I do when I dissociate when I was a kid and I still utilize it in negative situations actually works in positive situations too. So, for example, when things would happen when I was younger that would feel very overwhelming, I would say, you know, in three days, matter, and I say this all the time, in three days, this won't matter. In 30 days, it won't matter. In six months, we won't think about it. In a year, we'll be like, what the heck? I don't even remember. But that also works in a really positive way when you're looking at that situation because in that moment, I was so blinded by what I felt I wasn't doing being home with her and how, how was I going to get there? I couldn't even focus on every day. My mind wasn't focused on how can I like remedy the situation in the moment. It was like, no, I need the solution now. I need the solution now. I need to have the guarantee that what is I I want is going to happen. What's going to fix this. I need to fix this immediately. And I tried a bunch of other things before I found the random remote job, which at the time, again, didn't exist. And I really thought that when I went to an interview at a hotel in Davis, that I was going to get like kidnapped, but it was a legitimate Silicon Valley company. They just didn't want to come all the way. Um, They just didn't have offices in SAC and stuff. And they just wanted to come halfway, host the interviews in like like a conference room, I think. And what's so funny is for the entire time I was at the company, when I became a manager, we still didn't have a space for interviews. We would just go to like the Hyatt, sit in the room, set up, Was it like a clothing company. And we would bring out the, and just, it's so random. But that, when that happened, that job, it was not anything I would have ever thought of, planned of, come up with. It didn't even exist. And now looking back at it and seeing where we are today, being home with all three of them boggles my mind. But what it reminds me of is that with time, things come about and happen and you don't have to have the answer. And it doesn't mean that you're gonna figure it out and it doesn't mean that you have the perfect plan and it doesn't mean that at 18 when you choose a major you have to do that for the rest of your life and it doesn't mean that your junior year in high school has to determine everything and you're an utter failure it doesn't mean that community college isn't the best route for the first two years or not even going to college and doing some type of other like specialty school or that it doesn't mean that as a first time parent, you have to get it right, or that you won't change your mind with the second one, or that you can't change your style, or you can't change, like things are ever evolving. Things are constantly evolving. And the thing with it is, is the one thing that you need during that time is a belief that you won't give up. You don't have to believe in yourself every day. You just have to know you're not going to give up. And that doesn't mean that you don't have days like I did. I'll never forget it. You guys. Okay. I don't know if I've told the story before. I thought that I wouldn't have to go back to work after I had London. And if I did have to go back to work, I thought it would only be for 30 days required. My company had a contract where you had to come back because they paid your medical when you were on leave. And it was like very weird. They paid your medical when you're on leave. And so you had to come back. So you like basically paid that back in some way. Otherwise they would require the thousands of dollars back in a sense, so I thought it was 30 days because at this point I didn't realize I was going to be going back to work regardless. Cause we needed like the money and could not survive. Okay. Cause I had a good, like my retail job was great. It paid really well. I was on salary. I was a store manager. I made good money and I'll never forget Blake coming in and being like, your contract says three months, not 30 days, Amanda. And I was like, what? And he's like, your contract says three months, not 30 days. And we were in the closet in the townhome that we were living in. And there was this pile of laundry and I was pregnant. I hadn't had London yet. And I was pregnant. I mean, so close to being due. And I absolutely started sobbing hysterically. I was crying so hard that I was like, these tears will never end. It was, it was a lot. Hold on. I got to text Blake something. Um, hold on. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And I was like, in that moment, the world was ending. So it's not like I believed in myself and never had like, please, I was sobbing on the carpet and just lay there crying for like a good couple hours. And then I stayed in the closet because you guys know how much I love the closet. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's my processing area, okay? Then after that happened, I just told myself with absolute delusion, well, this is just not going to work. We're just going to have to figure it out. And I didn't even actually find that remote job first. I found an office job first and worked an office job at a developing property management company. And I worked there until this other job came. And then I'm not getting you. Literally the day that call came through that I got the second job, I walked to my manager and I was like, hi, I need to put in my two weeks. And if you don't need me for two weeks, that'd be great. And she was so sweet. Her name was Lori and she was a mom. And she said, what happened? Because I really enjoyed working there. The entire community was amazing. They were so wonderful. I could have had a great career there. And I said, there's an opportunity for me to work from home and I just got the job and I can be home. And she's like, it's full-time. I was like, nah, it's 15 hours to start. And she was like, it's 15 hours to start. And I was like, but you know what? And she looked at me and she's like, you don't need to do the two weeks. It's fine. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, we need like, you know, however many days they needed, but you don't have to do the two weeks. And if, if, if in that moment I had got that job and then I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is going to be it for us this is where it's going to be. I'm happy. It's not what it was. Like I made it far, but no, you never stop pushing. And I don't mean hustling. I'm not saying hustling. I'm saying the dreams that I write down every day, those 10 goals, right? Disney Disneyland calling me. If I think consciously about it, I'm like, oh, pie in the sky, but no, 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 no. Why? Because I will delusionally tell myself, They're going to call tomorrow. I sometimes go to my email and check it and I go, have they emailed me? (laughs) But the thing is, is that you don't have to figure it all out. Time might be passing, but it's not leaving you behind. You're never behind. You're right where you're supposed to be, but you don't know you're right where you're supposed to be until the time passes and you look back. Because I look back on retail and I look back on my time with the remote company, and I look back on the property management I look back on all that and I see how it brought me here. I see how the timing of everything has so lined up. God has been so good to me. And I truly believe in his timing. I mean, take from that what you will, the universe's timing if that's what works for you. But you are never behind. You do not need to figure it out. You are figuring it out. It's like London came to me and she said, oh, I did this and this and I only got one wrong. And I said, that's great, you're learning. That's the point of learning. I don't know when learning turned into getting 100% on every test because that does not necessarily mean you're learning. It might mean you're good at memorization. I'm talking about myself. It doesn't mean necessarily that you've learned something. You might have mastered a skill. You might have learned a new concept that you can regurgitate and, you know, recite and move on and and grow with, but it doesn't always define learning. And so what I want to leave you with today is the fact that I have that song stuck in my head. You can change your mind and you can, I just blame TikTok, but here's the thing. It's always happening for you. It's always happening for you. I have two post-its on my mirror. In my bathroom. And it says, This is the best year yet. And it says, It's all happening. Do it for her. Because it is all always happening for you. You just don't see it yet. It hasn't come together. It's like looking at that picture that you look at and nothing is there. And then they tell you to keep staring at it. And eventually, sometimes, not always, (laughs) eventually, just like life, you see the image in the, like the, the like barrage of photos or whatever. And sometimes you don't just yet. But the point is, is that it's always happening for you and do it for her. Do it for the you you were and the you you're becoming because journal Amanda and who knows, maybe I'll start writing it again. 2013, 2014, Amanda, I, I needed her. I needed what she went through To be filled with passion about what I get to do now, to have gratitude for what I do now, to have empathy for the people that I meet. Everything is always happening for a reason, even when it's uncomfortable. But what you don't do is give up on yourself ever, 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 ever. It doesn't mean that you're not laying on a floor in a closet sobbing. It doesn't mean that you don't take a couple days off because you just feel confused. It doesn't mean, but it means you're allowed to change directions. And it means just like my post-it say, it's all happening and do it for her. And it's the you you were. And I don't have a picture of me as a young child hanging up in my mirror because that's not what motivates me. What motivates me is doing it for the her in this moment that was so passionate about those things. And the journeys that I've been on to this point have encapsulated so much, having a childhood picture of myself wouldn't wouldn't equal up to the different versions of Amanda that I've been. So I'm gonna get this episode up tonight, you guys. I swear it's just gonna be late because now I've got to edit it a little bit. But I wanted to leave you with my favorite part of our episodes. If no one has told you lately, you have exponential and limitless potential. You are needed. You are loved. You are valued. I love you. I'm happy you're here. And we're going to add on today that it's all happening for you. You are a diamond. Even if you don't see it yet, even if the rock isn't quite polished, you can withstand any pressure and I am just so grateful you're here. And as always, feel free to share this episode with someone you think it might like resonate with. And if it encouraged you today, just remember, nobody is walking in your shoes. So if someone's making you feel behind, they can't actually do that because they're not on your journey and they don't have your map. I love you. Bye, guys.